You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome <laughs> to the Afterlaugh. We have a very special, special edition of the Afterlaugh. We have uh, my good friend Olivia Cooper Harris. Hey, and now we said this, and, and also Luca. I Luca don't know your Pino. last name. It's Pino. Luca Pino. Now, are, is that going to be picked up on on the microphone there? Should we share it? It's Pino. Yeah, like a Let's like, just share nice old timey radio show. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> By cool. the way, they they are they are friends, longtime friends. So the social distance does not apply to them. Hey. I am keeping hey. social distance with them. Um, we said early on that we want to start this this episode with a shot. Oh God! So what do we yes. say? Let's do a little shot of tequila, oh guys. Good idea. Uh, Good okay. Idea, I'm you know, only taking idea, a sip. The whole idea of this is don't be a whatever. It is. <laughs> I'm only taking a one. sip because I I can't do no no, no, no look it, I already it, have that's more than a sip. By the way, if you're saying that musician. If their performances get affected by alcohol, don't. No, that's not what it is. It's just that me and tequila, it's like we don't vibe. I get crazy. Maybe we can hear some stories about that. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Luca and Olivia, uh, they're going to play some. Yeah, eyes and all that shit. Uh, they're going to play some original songs by her. Yeah. Olivia, that Olivia yeah. wrote yep. and composed. Mm-hmm. Um, and your album is dropping when? August 4th. August 4th. So this is a preview. The only other time we did this with, with uh, Eva Gardner, who was Pink's bassist when she uh, debuted her. This is the her. longest toast I've ever been a part of. Oh, oh we, we're toasting right now? Oh, we're just, I thought cheers. we did it. We Salute. Did. Oh, does anyone have an interesting toast? Because we makes went it like, like this and then we never drink it. have a funny toast that they can like, you know, a thing that they like. like Arriba, do the people abajo, Arriba, centro, adentro. Adentro. Mm. Oh, God. Actually, wait. That's good. Tequila. It is good. Whose kill is that? She bought it. Well, it's Lucas now. I gave it's it to mine. Him. Good job. Lucas freaking tequila. That's actually really smooth. <laughs> yeah, there okay, we go. sorry. You were talking about Pink's bass player interrupted you because it was a lot. Oh of no, no, yeah. <laughs> Eva Gardner. She did. She debuted her couple of her songs. That was the first. So this is our. We haven't had a musical setup before, and I'm excited to see how this. Uh, how this goes down. Yeah, this is I'm awesome. Stoked. I'm excited to play some songs. Now I'm imagining the people who don't li- who listen to my podcast, mostly comedy fans are not going to be aware of your music. Right, yeah. Um, but you are a friend of the podcast and a fan of the podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm a really big fan. I listen to, I listen to a bunch of episodes. You're one of the women who's always like, I love Tommy. <laughs> not yep. like that. I just think he's entertaining. I think he's smart. I think he's got a interesting perspective. You guys together is actually what I like the most. Yes. You the- guys, because you're so different. It's so funny. So look at his note. So Tommy is 24. I think maybe you turned 25 uh-huh. and I am not so uh, uh-huh. really <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Our, our perspectives you know it's so funny because I'm always like I'm such a like a, a young rebel but I definitely the older I get the more I get to be like a kid get off my lawn type of it's just, it's just natural at some point Tommy's going to be the to kid you. get off my lawn guy cool and I see yet, it coming like, you're so like my daughter always my daughter named Olivia well mm-hmm. she always reminds me how lame I am and Tommy does as well but that's anyway that's important stay humble so <laughs> I know it's, cool. it's not hard um, 
so before we get started on the music, sir, I want to like talk to you guys. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so totally Olivia, we stuck. met. I met Olivia at the Reno Laugh Factory. Yeah, this is a great story. When was this? This was Reno. like two years ago, maybe. And we were, I was on tour, and we were passing through Reno, and we had a day off. The band yes. had a day off. The there. band is called Postmodern Jukebox. Yes. Yep. Which Whoa. You're allowed to. <laughs> you're allowed to plug them, right? Is that is this totally. a conflict of interest? Of yeah. course, no, not at all. Yeah, and Luca plays with them too. That's actually how we. Yeah, met. that's how you know each other. Now, Postmodern. That's another story. Yeah, that's how we met. So if you guys don't know what Postmodern Jukebox is, and I was only made aware of you, which is weird, is at the show, you came to the show, and you were some friends who were also on PMJ. Yeah, I, I came to the show. Go ahead. Just ran, but there were, there were people in the audience who <clears throat> recognized you or knew your band. Or like, oh my God, PMJ, where <laughs> yeah, are you performing? We had played uh-huh. Reno before, and I, that was really cool that they knew the band. Yeah. That was super, super wow. cool. And they came up to us and... But but I was trying to go up to you, so it was like this weird circle. Oh, they were yeah. coming up to, to up to us to get pictures, and I was like, "Wait, I'm trying to get to the comedians." That must have looked yeah, really yeah. good for you. <laughs> it like, really wow, did look really popular. good. Whoa. I think that's why we ended up hanging out all night. I remember it was like we had this day off, and we were like, "Come on, let's do something crazy." We're in Reno, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and I remember I've just been a comedy fan for like years at that point, and so I saw there's a Laugh Factory here. And I was like, let's go. So me and two of my bandmates, Casey Abrams and Amy Bachal, who is amazing, uh, we went to see Shout the show. Out. And you were headlining at the Laugh Factory in yeah. Reno. And it was you and two openers, right? Yes. And I just, we were, we just died. I think I recognized you from maybe seeing you in a show in LA before, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. But you just killed it. It was insane. You just killed it what? so hard. And afterward, we went up to you. And we were like, three, me and my two bandmates went up to you and your two openers. We were like, you guys want to hang out? <laughs> like, and then we, right, we had this insane night in Reno where we like bar hopped. We ended up at a karaoke bar. We went to a karaoke place. Yeah, yeah. And this is something I always want to. I always talk about with musicians. Like, uh, I did a. I did a play. This is going to sound so name (laughs) droppy, but I did a play on Broadway uh, with a guy named Christopher Jackson, who is most famous right now for playing George Washington in Hamilton. And you know, so when I met him and he was on the show, he was playing Derek Jeter on the show. I didn't know he could sing. He was just another actor that I didn't know. And I'd act with him. I was like, mm, he's fine. He's okay. I could, I could direct him a little bit if I want, you know, because you know how actors are. Um, but he's fine. He was great in the show. And then I, he sang the Star Spangled Banner like for the Knicks one show. And he was just showing people the video. And it was, his voice is so fucking incredible. And I was like, what the fuck? You, why are you wasting your time <laughs> acting, saying words that someone else wrote? Uh, like, that's a, acting is a pretty, like, I call it a modified talent. Uh, or not a no. pure talent. I think singing and music, obviously you can learn music. Um, maybe some people can't. I don't know. You can be tone deaf, I imagine. But really, anyone, anyone <laughs> can act. I mean, anyone can deaf. act. You can be spend 35 years of your life doing something else and all of a sudden be like I want to be an actor and you can mm. be a star I mean anyone mm. can say words Boom. and or maybe memorize yes. words but you know <laughs> if you want to get pretentious about it not anyone can like master the art of like acting there's some like really amazing <laughs> actors out there I'm always impressed by a good actor I'm always impressed, impressed by a good actor too at the same time but it's a weird talent though when people are good at it think about how weird that is that they're good at it yeah like I think being a different person like being, being an actor character. think about how weird it is but here's another thing about acting so I'll fun. say I com- by the way completely disagree because uh, <laughs> I've worked with a lot of actors live who I was like 
this guy kind of sucks. And then they became huge fucking stars. Wow. Yeah. I'm not yeah, going to name yeah. their names, Michael Emerson. But the thing is, I don't know. I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> there, there is directors commit. You can look a certain way. Directors, they can edit a certain way. You can have really bad actors in the, in a scene, in, in a movie that can just be sort of like Frankenstein into an amazing performance. I'll give you that. If you and I guess singing, same thing with auto-tune <clears throat> and shit like that. But you can't fake it live. You can't really fake. Yeah, you definitely can't fake it live. Unless you have an engineer no. who's working you, who has auto tune on you live. Yeah, you know. But then Ashley Simpson. <laughs> and also, you have to speak up because I don't know if this a- mic is going to pick you up. Ashley Simpson. No, 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 <laughs> no. He has to talk no, shit. Yeah, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a lot. You can, She's a celebrity. By the way, you can talk shit about Ashley Simpson. I'm never going to meet her. It's fair game. Why is SNL? Why is everybody always so weird on SNL? What's up with the vibe there that all the acts are always so weird on SNL? What do you mean by that? I mean a lot of musical acts I've seen on there. It's like not their best. I've seen some people nail it for sure, but most musical acts I feel like I've seen on SNL over the years, like the past 10 years I've liked that show. Whatever. Well, the as thing. a musician. They're always, they're always failing it. I love it, it's I love like, it. Like Lana Del Rey, on? like there was like, like that Lana Del Rey thing. People, yeah, people were just dramatic. What do you think, the re- I mean, as someone who is a live performer and performs a lot, what would you think the reason is that people go on SNL? Is it because you think there's too much corporate people well, this is like vibe? this is like full assumption mode because I have no clue at all. But yeah. my assumption would be, Gossip. from my standpoint, like when the camera starts rolling on them and it goes over to them and they're supposed to start their musical act, they always seem a, a little weird to me. They always like something mm-hmm. weird going on. Mm-hmm. And so I think that setting where it's like this insane live situation where they've thrown a show together in one week and everything mm-hmm. is hectic and everything is insane, and then suddenly someone is like, "Go to the stage!" and some suddenly somebody's like, three, two, one and like in my mind it must be like that because suddenly somebody's just like and now Lana Del Rey and then it's, she's like ah. <laughs> you know, yeah, she's uh, like that. I can totally imagine that I, I feel like, like that. that's gotta be the backstage vibe because yeah. I don't know what else it could be kind of and I might I mean look it would be a dream to be on SNL one day and oh, then sure. this literal podcast is gonna come back and haunt me <laughs> that's probably not the vibe uh, at all the vibe ooh, is probably beautiful and serene SNL. and I'm wrong but that's what I would imagine so. I also imagine there's a part of it and I think they played into this in the a star is born and the movie star is born where you have a live performer who's really passionate and all of a sudden you are now part of the nbc corporation they probably pick the song that you can sing that's approved they probably make sure that you present it in a certain way everything's probably very you can't just be do whatever the fuck you want you can't grab your crotch and <laughs> dance or whatever yeah. so i imagine there's sort of oh you don't very, think they have control that, it's very curated uh, oh that singer m.i.a you remember that singer m.i.a yeah, yeah. paper she, planes yeah the paper plane she came out on some talk show i don't remember who who it was maybe it was jimmy fallon or someone or, or jay leno and there's that gunshot sound in that song yeah all i want to do is which makes the song so that's the song she comes out and she believes that it's going to be her normal song and they changed the gunshot to like a to like a catch register <laughs> and ching, uh, ching, ching. and she's visibly like pissed off like oh, they wow. did it i think they did it behind her back oh so like there is that corporate element where it's like sorry like this is going to be seen by millions of people families we can't have that happen and also with musicians which i don't think this really it applies to comics to a degree but not the same way comics are you want me to do what and say what in front of what audience sure i'll i'll do it i don't i don't, I don't care like here we go, Uncle Hucklebuck. But musicians have this sort of artistic integrity. I don't want to be a sellout. I'm a live oh, artist. So I imagine that a lot of lot of performers who go on SNL are thinking, I 
can't believe I sold my soul to the corporate devil. <laughs> Man, I don't SNL. think of it as selling your soul to the corporate devil. I just think of it as this insane opportunity. That's all I think of it as. I also struggle internally sometimes with that idea of like the artist is like, oh, and then there's like this selling out idea. Sometimes I feel like the idea of selling out is outdated. It's it is like, outdated. I think Snoop Dogg made it outdated. Yeah, like it's once like, Snoop Dogg like, started what do you selling. Mean? If I got snacks. a record Snoop Dogg deal, is are you still kidding me? Really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg is the coolest. He's, Snoop Dogg is the coolest. And he's like like worldwide known. Of course. Like, I think there was a time because yeah. obviously the coolest people in the world are in hip hop, right? Nothing's cooler uh, than hip hop yeah. now, right? <laughs> I'm so, so mad. So once Ice Cube <laughs> started doing, doing like, let's make an album. But but once Ice Cube started doing like like family films and Snoop Dogg was like hawking products on TV. I think it became clear, like, oh, this is just an op to take money from the man. I think they flipped the script. So it's like great. we're taking money from the man, yeah. and now we're going to be billionaires. And now there are a couple totally. billionaires in hip hop. Yeah, so. and also he was still himself when he was standing next to Martha Stewart. Like he was still just doing his thing. It's not like he suddenly put on a suit and was like and redid his hair oh, and was no, like, yeah, exactly. "Hi, I'm Snoop Dogg. Now I'm selling you this." Yeah, I mean, he was he was still Snoop. So yeah. I get it. What he's doing is like considered selling out, but he remained true to himself, which is actually hilarious that he would be in a, those like corporate situations. But he's still like, "Hey, man." Yeah. yeah. No, I think I'm Snoop. I think you used to hear about selling out in the maybe 80s and 90s, but you don't really hear it anymore because it's like, no, we're taking money no. from these right. old, rich, white dipshits that will give us money. But it's also but, easy yeah. for me to say that because I'm an independent artist and I have full control over what I produce and what I release. And so I haven't been under the control of a label or mm. a big, huge management team who a lot of these people are. And so I don't know. I, I do have friends who've been in those situations and they they have felt pushed down. They felt, you know, they're, they're under contracts and they have to do certain things that artistically are frustrating for them. So I've never been in that position. So it is hard for me to speak on it. I mean, some of them even have music that they're not allowed to release because the label doesn't think that it fits whatever branding. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm talking to my ass, but you know, from my understanding, it's like, it's easy to talk about certain things because I'm still in a position where I've got all this freedom and I enjoy that. However, I would totally, like if it was the right deal, I would take a deal and I wouldn't consider it to be selling out because they have the money to give me the PR and marketing that I don't, I can't afford. Yes. And that's insane. You can't, like, unless you have money to put into that, which if you do, like, hell yeah, good for you, then, you know, yeah. what are you gonna when do? When I was in, uh, and we, we can get back to like how you sort of came came into your own as a musician and artist because I know we both went to acting school. Yes, we did. We both went to really uh, pretentious, prestigious. prestigious school. We did. Oh my gosh! So you yes. went to Carnegie Mellon. Yes, I went to oh, Carnegie Mellon for your University. undergrad. Unbelievable. They'd be so mad I mean, at me for that British accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I went to yeah, NYU right. grad school, and I know that there was a lot of talk. You'd have. And this is a weird thing that you learn as you get older, that the teachers that you have, I mean, now the teachers that I had in grad school are like my age <laughs> now and shit, you know? And you kind of look at them as the the arbiters of how to handle your career and what to do with your career and what's important, what's not. And then you have some miserable old ladies who are doing regional theater at Princeton and they're going, you know, I could have gone to LA and been on a sitcom, but instead I wanted to hone my craft. And then they're like, <laughs> Are you really? Don't you wish you were on a fucking sitcom bench? <laughs> yeah. By the time oh. coming out of school, I was like, I'm. You could be retired. I'm an actor. <laughs> yeah. I smoke. I wear. I wear turtlenecks. <laughs> right. I turn my collar up like Jane <laughs> Steen in Times Square against the rain. I want to do off off Broadway and create new plays, and then, 
and that was kind of my, my journey. But I look back, I'm like, I should just fucking move to LA and try to get a fucking sitcom. Yeah, wait, what did you do? You went to, you I, were in- I was in, and I just stayed and just did theater. In New York? Yeah, for years, like 15, yeah, 10, I mean, 15 years. That's still building like a pretty good, you have an insane resume. You've been on a ton of shows and. Yeah, but you know. it wouldn't have been better Ooh. just to come to, come to, come to LA, come to LA when LA I was and, like, 23 start. or 24 I, you know, and been I, on a Nickelodeon show. Look, I have so many good, like, <laughs> vibes. I have so many good friends and from school. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, I should have just come to L.A., skip school. So you were in totally. school You were in school for acting. It's a four-year program, right? Yeah, I was in school for, I was actually a musical theater major. Oh, you were a th- musical theater major? I was a musical theater so major. So you wanted to be CMU's a Broadway not very, singer. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I think I, it, it wasn't very music-heavy. We had one voice lesson a week. And the rest of the entire program was acting. It was really heavy on the acting. Uh, it was acting. I wanted to be a straight actor for like theater and movies and then like do my music on the side. Like that was my dream. I would be like, I would wow. still be doing my own music. Like what I'm kind of doing now. But I don't know if I really could at the time. Like I can't even see that now. Which for, is so cool. uh, like put that together, that goal together in my mind. But I think that's what I wanted. Because I never resonated with like classic musical theater um, that much. Yeah. And the music uh, there. Well, it's funny because I've had conversations recently with people about Hamilton, which I don't know if you saw it on Disney+. Yeah, it's Plus. great. It's amazing. It's really incredible. It's awesome. It's Shout so good. Shout out to Tommy Kale, who directed yeah. me in Lombardi on Broadway. But uh, it's, yeah, it's really, and it's a very cool musical. And and I'm not denigrating because it's incredible, but it's also just the only, the only, other than Buck and, Buck and Mormon, it's the only kind of cool musical that exists in the pantheon. Because musicals are just kind of fucking corny. I mean, there have been some that have been pretty great. Spring Awakening has some insanely beautiful kind of rock alternative music. Um, but at the same time, it's about a bunch of kids jerking off around a cookie. You know what I mean? Like, it's so dramatic. I remember when my we did that in college and my family came. And I remember afterward, they were like, God, this is the most depressing thing I've ever seen. They're like, play about what have they not done? It's like yeah. suicide. Wow. And, Master, yeah, everything, preg- teen pregnancy and death and like everything. Yeah, um, cool. I mean, I don't, I can't speak on wh- how many great actual musicals there are out there because I don't know them all. But um, I, I have to agree. I mean, I, I'm not super well versed in all the musicals that are out there. Yeah, I have a few that I really love, and I, I have a lot of friends who do musical theater, and I think what they do is incredible and yeah. and awesome. But it's not like my heart wasn't pulled in that direction. Of course. Um, after school, so you got you graduated from school, in yeah. A musical I came theater to LA. degree, and then mm-hmm. and yep. they're like, "Here's your degree, bye bye." I wanted to act when I got out of school. So you I came to, to LA, just act, yeah. Did you drive to LA? Typical story. I flew. I actually mailed. <laughs> I didn't even go back to Texas. I just shipped all my boxes to LA, and I took a flight to LA, and I stayed. I sublet an apartment for a couple months in Hollywood, and it was insane. There was no AC, and they didn't tell us that. <laughs> That's what you do when you get to LA. You get Typical. lied to in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you just sweat, sweat, and you complain s- about how suck, as opposed to going to Home Depot I and getting s- AC for $150. I sweat my way through the two months of the summer, and then I I was in bartending school, which was so random, and then I booked a show. I sang um, a friend of mine knew some guy, whatever, boring. That I ended up singing with Jeff Goldblum, who has a jazz ensemble that he plays with really? in LA. What does he play? Uh, he plays piano, and he sings. And he's really into jazz, and so and I, I believe it. And I, I've been doing jazz since high school, so I, I was like, 
you know, in school, actually, in, in musical theater school, they would always call me, like, the jazz girl, which was hilarious, because I know amazing jazz singers, and I'm like, I mean, yeah, but... Anyway, so, um, <laughs> so, so I ended up singing with him, and because of that, there were these producers who saw me singing with Jeff Goldblum, and they cast me in a show with a theater company in L.A. called For the Record Live, and I started working with For the Record Live, doing their musicals. Um, what was the first one you did? It was Baz Luhrmann's uh, Star-Crossed Lovers or something. It was called like that. Was it based on Romeo and Juliet? It was based on Romeo and Juliet. Oh. I was Juliet. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. But it was also based on, um, it's a couple of his movies. Was it it's like Baz a rock thing? musical. Yeah, Baz. Baz. Like, it's called Baz? Yeah. 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 I've, and I've it's, and it was like, so I did a bunch of musicals with that theater company. Um, and they kind of celebrate the soundtracks of different director, Hollywood directors. And that is and what I saw. I saw you in Love Actually. Is you it saw the me same? in Love Actually. Same theater company. Yeah. And I also saw you in the Quentin Tarantino. Yep. Thing. Same theater company. It's a really great. It's an concept. amazing company. And pretty and popular, concept. it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super popular, and um, super popular, and super. So many incredible people I've met through that company. Uh, the producers are the coolest people ever. They're so sweet, and they have they cast me when I had literally zero credits and nothing. And yeah. they really believed in me. They put me on stage with a bunch of people with insane credits, Broadway credits, film credits. So they they really just like are cool people um, well, who like yes. to. It speaks to what I was talking about too. Uh -huh. If you have talent as a singer, it's sort of credit proof you know what I mean yeah I mean I don't like to see mm. like I go on auditions and I don't get you know 99% of the auditions I go in and part of me is like if only I had more Instagram followers or only had my own YouTube reality fucking mm. streaming bullshit yeah, I think that's and I don't it. know if that's true or not but I do think that like with singing if you're auditioning they're really just looking for talent it's in the pudding they're yeah, not gonna that's be like, what you hope. But today, it, it is about your followers too. Unfortunately, sometimes there's also that, you know. Um, but maybe with singing, it is more. I mean, if you know, I'd like to believe that if you're fucking incredible, it doesn't matter. You're yes, like the cream always rises. I, that's that's what I would like to believe. It's hard when you see things in Hollywood and you see just what it. You see people getting cast who just they don't have the same chops as someone else but yeah. you know they yeah. have the followers they have that clout you killed it in American Idol <laughs> I swear you really did you ever audition for American Idol no I've never auditioned for did you ever think Idol. about it yeah they asked me like every uh, every they, year they I don't I don't <laughs> like those shows I don't like those shows I don't like it either I auditioned for uh, Last Comic Standing for I think it was the oh. first or second season and because of the Laugh Factory they, they fast tracked me in audition I went to these two guys I don't know who the fuck these, who are the two fucking bookers for for last comic standing where some pieces of shit who haven't done anything uh you know we book letterman yeah i know what takes a book letterman not much anyway so uh yeah and i went in there and i think the joke i said it was one of my first like jokes that and i look back i go man it was kind of stupid but the joke was i was like i was on a first day i had long hair at the time and i was skinnier so imagine it. i was on a date for, and this woman goes oh my god do you know who you look just like in my mind, I'm thinking like, I don't know, like maybe like Owen Wilson or something like that. She thinks <laughs> I look like Owen Wilson. And people kind of laugh because they do impersonation. I say, I don't know, maybe she'll say Matthew McConaughey. And then they really laugh. I go, fuck you. I've heard it before, motherfuckers. And they go, she goes, you look just like Ellen DeGeneres. So and it would always get, it would always get a big laugh at a club. And they're like, thank you. Oh. Next. Wow. And then I learned later nice. that the idea of comparing yourself like who you look like is an old hack 
thing that oh, comics it's not do. Funny. Apparently, it's not funny to these guys who've never done anything funny. I either. mean, I think lives. I think it's funny. Yeah, it'll 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 look. I could do it fucking once these clubs open in 2024. Wow. I could do it again, and it would still get a fucking laugh. Do you think oh, you geez. still look like Ellen DeGeneres? <laughs> yeah, I was skinnier. And my hair was much longer. No, the reason I said that because nice. I was literally I was I, I used to great. do a soap opera. And I was about to go on stage, a uh, uh, stage. I was about to do my scene, and my co-star was like, "Oh, you look like." Uh, sorry, never mind. I was like, "No, who?" who? Oh, yeah, 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 no, <laughs> and I'm thinking I look great. Now, meanwhile, keep in mind that that the people who are designing and doing hair and makeup for soap operas have been doing it since 1980. So yeah. I have a little bit of like my hair's a little poofy. It's very. Fro- I have a little bit of lip gloss. Yeah. In my head, I think I'm a fucking man. But cool. they she goes, "You look." Like, I'm like, "Who?" Just tell me. Like they're like and five. You look like Ellen DeGeneres. Like, Go. And I'm like, "Oh, oh shit." No. And I realized like, okay, I'm not as manly as not I think good. I am. I guess. <laughs> anyway, so you you got your degree. You came out here and you were doing just kind of. What's the weirdest job you took just to get money? Because I know oh a lot of God. people. Oh my God! One time I waited in a closet in an Italian restaurant to sing Happy Birthday to some guy in a in like a suit that was leopard, and I was like waiting in there and I didn't I forgot his name and that was my only job was to sing Happy Birthday to this guy. This wow. is like. So what did you say when it came to his name? I I went on Facebook in the closet. <laughs> and I went on Facebook in the closet and I was like, PSA, I'm in a closet, this is a job. <laughs> I'm trying to like remember this dude's name, like what was the gig? Oh like, my god. How'd you find out? Know? How'd you find out his name? Um I the woman who booked me told was, me his name. She was also on Facebook at the It time. was like something like John. Get on Facebook. It was something like John or something. I mean that Facebook Post got more than any of my actual posts where I wanted people to watch them. <laughs> yeah. Where I wanted people to see what I was doing. Oh of course, God. that was the one where like, I was like desperately like. You're something. in trouble. You're failing. And I remember I came out of the closet, and I think they wanted me to be something else. You know, I'm not used. I wasn't used to that. That was in like 2014. You know, it was yeah. like my first year in LA or something. You and came like, out of the closet in 2014. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's gonna be to a me. sound bite that someone's gonna use. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and I came out. I sang Happy Princess Guy, and they wanted me. I and it was a fun rowdy family. Of course, that's the only people who would hire somebody like that to do that to somebody how'd you get family. the job was it like a Craigslist well, a friend thing a friend uh had the job and that's who they wanted and she couldn't do it at the last minute and she called me to do it so i got it through oh, her and wow. they wanted her and you knew it because oh, when i came I out that. they were like ah. <laughs> and i was like happy birthday oh you marilyn wrote it well you have oh. that's what they wanted they wanted a sexy happy birthday for this guy they thought it would that's be so funny weird. but like i wasn't funny enough you know the whole thing oh so it was that's like, what awkward. do you mean you weren't funny enough well i didn't happy realize birthday. it was yeah. well it was supposed to be over the top and i think i was like too, was too, too serious. serious. Yeah. You were like, <laughs> they were like, Mama, Wait, actually, this is weird. <laughs> they were like, like we wanted like a. Good. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> we wanted a joke. That was a weird <laughs> job. I'll, I remember that because I remember good thinking job. in my mind, I was like, I went to Carnegie Mellon University. <laughs> I was like, this is such a low point. Yeah. I had a lot of low points over the first couple years in LA. Obviously, well, like, everybody. I think you have to. I think LA. Dues. Yeah. LA. It needs to give you low points to weed out the people from the bus in Wichita who are just like, I'm going to be famous, mama. Yeah. And if you have no talent or no determination, I mean, not to like denigrate at all the Me Too movement, but when, when Dave Chappelle said that when uh, the, he, Louis C.K. was jerking off the phone to this girl on the phone with, with him, she goes, I heard sounds that sounded like he was jerking off. And she ended up quitting comedy. Dave Chappelle was like, may I say your dream really wasn't much of a dream. 
You have a brittle ass personality. And of course, he's Dave Chappelle, so you can get away with it. So I'm only quoting him. I've never heard of a Dave Chappelle impersonation. Too. That's good. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to do that. Really, really good impersonation. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> that's not a good one. It's the first time I heard one. <laughs> uh, yeah, good it's one. good for the zero people who do it. So, um, what was the moment where you said, forget acting? Singing is what I re- what my real passion is. I think it was actually around 2017 when I just realized that I there's a lot of things I like to do and that I can do, but you gotta be focused on something so that you can commit to something. I sure. wasn't committing to any one thing because there were so many things I I wanted to do drama acting, I wanted to do comedy theater, I wanted to do musical theater, I wanted to be a pop star, I wanted to be a jazz singer. It was just like all over the map. Yeah. And when you can, you kind of dabble, but it's important to commit. Yes. In life. And I say that about my career because I'm really bad at doing that with relationships. <laughs> but I'm going to say in career, it's really important too because then you can put your focus on something and and try to be the best at it and, and see it through at least. So yeah. um, I went through a big breakup in 2017. I was with that, that person for four years and the whole time there was a lot of pressure. He was doing acting and really excelling and there was a weird energy between us about that. I mean, nothing, nothing too insane. It was just... I think yeah. he really, really believed in my chops as an actress and he didn't want me to give up. And to me, it was like, I'm not giving up. I, I'm following a, a deep passion that I've had yeah. since I was a kid. You're so actually ex- pursuing an actual talent as opposed to the bullshit you, you do. So I, <laughs> no, 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 no. This guy, he's, he's amazing. So, no, he's he's incredible. He's incredible. So, but it's acting. Anyway, Let's be honest. So, anyway, I... Uh, so, I... And he also believed in me and everything. Not trying to talk uh, bad about somebody. But um, <laughs> anyway, so I... <laughs> cheers. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers to that. Oh, my God. Am I, am I awkward? Okay. Nope. Look, I, I will say this. Hey. Someone who went to graduate school for acting for three years and studied Chekhov and Shakespeare and, and, and iambic pentameter and diction and all that fucking bullshit to see as a comic, to see a comic who's never acted in their life all of a sudden win an Emmy... Uh, Weird. It just goes to show, and like and like Rami, he, Rami Youssef, who's a great fucking comic, and he's great in his show, but he was never an actor, and then all of a sudden he was an actor. And he went up. So my point is, I you mean, can Frankenstein that, a comic into an actor pretty quickly. You can't just, just all of a sudden be like, let me learn how. It's like when Michael Jordan wanted. To, by the way, I'm so obsessed. I just watched Last Dance on, on Netflix. Ooh. If you haven't seen it, I have to see it's it. fucking incredible. Just as as a musician, watch. as anyone who's trying to excel in the world watch it because that is that is a study not of an athlete but of a man who said this is what i want and this is the degree to which i will go to make it happen and he burned a lot of bridges and pissed a lot of people off but he was like he's like look that's what you have to fucking do the people who are saying i'm an asshole or this like have they been great in their life have they achieved greatness and the answer not like you have to be an asshole to be great but a little bit yeah i mean there's no billionaires out there i think that you have to be you don't have to be an asshole, but you have to be selfish to a certain extent, mm-hmm. right? You have You're to be self-serving and yeah. you have to really be focused on yourself a lot. And so the people in your life have to be able to be supportive people. Otherwise, you know, you're going to butt heads if they want to be the ones who it's all about them. Like it's, it's yeah. right now in my life, like I'm in a place where I know, you know, I'm a woman. I've got, you know, ideas for what I want in my future down the road. So I do have a 
time frame that I'm working in to like a really just attack my dreams <laughs> attack yeah. my dreams but like do it where it's like I can be a hundred percent selfish right now because I'm not taking care of anyone else I'm not loving anyone else in a way where it's like they gotta come first they yes. have to have to have to no matter what so yeah. I'm I, I I'm no better than you know <laughs> that because I'm a hundred percent focused on what I'm trying to accomplish yeah now I do want to talk to Luca briefly now Luca really? let's give it let's give you a little bit of love right here yes Get in there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Luca, uh, sure. so I want to hear quickly because I, I, I don't know you, obviously. I mean, me and Olivia have been friends <laughs> for a while. Are you? You I've met you, you and, and Olivia, you and I've, I've been friends with Olivia for a while. And she says nothing but the most amazing things about you as an artist, as a That's person. really sweet. Yeah, she does. She lies. So the point <laughs> is, okay. So, um, 100%. and obviously you're an amazing guitarist. What, what is, what is the extent of your, of your talent and what do you, what do you, where did you come from? How do you, how do you develop your craft? I've, I've played guitar since I was about 12 years old. Did your family, uh, was that a family thing? For a long thing? time. Yeah. My parents aren't musicians. They're not. They, they thought it would be cool if I learned guitar. Yeah. But, um, you know, against their just real wishes of me wanting to get a, like a college degree or anything like that. I actually liked the guitar. I kept going. Yeah. And uh, um, I started to feel like, okay, actually, this is kind of what I like to do. I like to do this. And right at the end of high school, I... Um, Mom, dad. Yeah. Can we sit down and talk for a second? Uh-huh. It was one of those, I want to be a musician. And they're like, no, you should get a college degree in something that'll give you a real job. It's one of those, you know, and I'm yeah. sure a lot of musicians get that talk of from course. their parents all the time. Uh, but of course now they're super supportive. I don't want to throw them under the bus. But uh, um, I mostly play guitar, and I I play it freelance. I play it with with just good friends like Olivia. I play it for myself. I have my own bands yeah. around town, around the Los Angeles area. Um, yeah, that's kind of the extent of it. Now, do you have? Uh, I watched that documentary, 50, 50 Feet from Stardom. Uh -huh. Are you someone I who's seen that. and also same thing the Jordan documentary Last Dance? You yeah, watch man. It. But Scotty Pippen, who was sort of a number two, uh -huh. and he was like. Yeah, and there was a time when he's like, I'm fucking number one, too. And then they're like, okay, you're number two, relax. Oh, but, um, sure. Is there a feeling as someone who plays guitar uh -huh. as a support for the front man or front woman? Uh -huh. is there some, are, are you also a front man? Are you like comfortable? Like, no, this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm an amazing musician. I can make anyone sound better. And I'm happy with this. Is there a part of you that also... Are you a singer as well? Is it something that you think about? or? Yeah, well, definitely when you're supporting someone. I mean, I think that's just part of being a good musician. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, like to relate to the acting, to relate it to acting, like a supporting actors, actors, you know, there is a lead. So yeah. when I'm playing with someone like Olivia, uh, she's an amazing, incredible singer. And of course, I want that to be the focus. So uh, yeah. when two musicians collaborate, uh, you support each other. You're supposed to support. You know, like yeah. if I was wanting to be the show, I'd be like, whipping my hair and I'd be like playing all these licks. That you know that you know, like, you know like that gets which the way I'm sure singing. can be a problem with it's a, a lot problem. of. Yeah. It's a problem. So it's like you got to know your place. Uh, um, <laughs> I know that, that sounds, sounds hard to say. That sounds hard to say, but also oh, like totally. not a bad thing to say. I love supporting other musicians well, and singers, and I love doing that. I think that's an art in itself. You know, and of course, like just knowing when to not shred or play a lot of notes is something that you should always consider when you're a musician yeah any any great musician will tell you that it's not about like it's not about it's not about all the show and all the frills it's about yeah. making something sound good yeah so yeah. and so when you look That's at your your career do you, do you say i could just i could play guitar for amazing people tour as touring part do you want to have your own studio album how's, how's that look for yeah, you yeah certainly certainly well i play 
I, I play a very specific style of music that, that isn't super popular in like Los Angeles, but I'm very passionate what about it. What does that mean? It's like, well, the music is called Gypsy Jazz, right? Gypsy Jazz? Yeah, yeah, have you, yeah. Like, have you heard of Gypsy Jazz? I've heard of the Gypsy Kings. The Gypsy Kings. See, okay, there you go. It's not the Gypsy Kings. Um, <laughs> It's like I've heard I've heard I love them. They're the Gypsy no, Kings. Great, but we had a weird. No, I yeah, love them. I love them. What okay. Gypsy Jazz is is basically uh, um, it's music from this guitar player named Django Reinhardt. Of course. And, uh, yeah, you know Django Reinhardt. I know Django Reinhardt mostly from a movie I saw Chocolat? called Huh? Chocolat? Oh no, Sweet and Lowdown? Oh, sorry, sweet and Lowdown, but ba- yeah, it was Sean Penn, right? Sean Penn. He's all like he, That's basically it. The six-string guitar. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's exactly it. It's 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 a it, it's swing. It's swing music from the 1930s, and it's acoustic. Yeah. And so, and so that's that's kind of my 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 biggest inspiration. He's been my biggest inspiration musically, and I love to play that style of music. Now, do you think you can match him finger wise? No, like, definitely not. Never, not never in my life. But, never in your life. But it's but but I think that's the great thing about being a musician. You you should always be self-deprecating, so that you can yes. always be learning. Right? Well, that's always that. Look, mm-hmm. that's, that's a, how I am. That's I'm a sure big that's you, deal. I'm sure, you're super. That's you know? a big deal as an artist because I think that a lot of artists, in order to succeed and do well, you have to have a healthy sense of delusion, as well. A lot of times, be like, there's so many comics like I'm the best. I'm like, dude, you're not even the best person at this table right now, but they act by force of will. Uh-huh. They be, so there's something. There's actually a, a weird. Um, it's a psychological. Uh, thing where the people who are the most deluded about their talent have the have the least amount of self awareness. I forget the name of it. I yeah. And oh, that's a thing. Because it's I an actual it thing. It's an actual thing. <laughs> but ironically, that sen- oh no, the the people who have the most confidence have the less less the least amount of self awareness. Hmm. And ironically, those people with oodles con- and little self awareness succeed well in a town like this, where everyone's like. We don't know what the fuck is going on. You're confident. All right. You must be great. Yeah. Because because they're yeah because you're telling me that you're great. Yeah. That kind of thing. Welcome to Los Angeles, people. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> now, Olivia. So, enough of you, Luca. Okay, Goddamn. Great. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so what More was about the, me? What, <laughs> what was the moment for oh. you? Uh, so in 2017, this happened. Was there a specific moment where you just said, "Fuck it, fuck acting." Let me do this. Do you have a, an actual tangible moment in your life where you just made that switch? Because I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast and just in life in general have real uh, sort of transformative moments where they just sort of, I think at, at any point, if you're a real seeker and searcher for the truth and for whatever it is your passion is, there's a moment where you have to make a decision about what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, this is it. Yeah. Boom. I think I... I ended up doing this competition and I it put me on the road for the first time in my life this tour and I was on the road competition for PMJ yep yeah and I was on the road for the first time uh ever with you know just singing all over the the first tour I did was a U.S. tour and I think it was I think it was getting out of LA and checking back in with myself after being in LA straight from 2013 to 2017 and then pretty much and then leaving and doing music, which is something I had taken kind of a weird sabbatical from. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been writing that much or performing. I hadn't been singing. I hadn't been gigging, like, at all. Like, I really wasn't in the gig scene that much, yeah. actually. Um, and then I got back out there, and I just remembered, like, it just brought me home to myself. When I was a little kid, I was 
it was just singing. I didn't even think about acting or anything else. Like, not that I wouldn't act, but again, but anyway, it was all about music. My whole life through high school was all about music and everything. So it was like I went, I detoured, and then I sort of came back home. That makes sense. And when you leave, that's when you really realize what feels right. So it oh, takes... Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And was your was your mom a big... Was, <laughs> did your mom support you in your in your dream to be a singer? Or was she also like... Luke, Lucas' parents would be like, listen, you need to be an accountant yeah, and have a job. desk job. My mom's always been suit. the most supportive person in the world, but she never was like worried about me because, you know, she she even told me this. She's like, "Oh, I never thought you'd be a professional singer. I thought you just, get, I wasn't worried. I thought it was just a hobby. I thought you'd just get married. <laughs> you get married to a nice, really? rich Texas billionaire. And- she just, I think, because I was a girl, and maybe just in her mind, you know, it was a different time, and she just didn't really think that I would be supporting myself doing this, and that's crazy to me because I was always so serious about it. Well, I don't know. It was just what I loved, and then I just did it. And yeah, here and I am. She loves you. And now she I, loves she's always been 100% supportive, yeah. even though I think my life just was a surprise. Sure. Perhaps for her to see me just doing this professionally and like, and by that I just mean gigging for money because that's what a professional is. Uh-huh. And then, uh-huh. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Let's be honest, it is. Uh, that's what. That's all it really is. I mean, We're and then economy workers. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, yeah, so she she was supportive, um, but it was hilarious when she told me that for the first time. I had no idea. I'm I'm this whole album that I that I have coming out in a few weeks that yeah, I wrote. Let's get to that. It's got a bunch. It's called Juicy, and it's Juicy. like Juicy. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking a lot about this about where my mom came from. That's why I was thinking about right now is because how she was raised and like how women were when she was raised and what they were taught to believe and instill in us. And I see it's really different with younger generations of women. And I'm yeah. excited for them. I'm proud of them. It excites me because yeah. even I had to work through a lot to get to where I am in terms of my own just personal empowerment, which is just human empowerment. It doesn't have to be just for women, but um, just to, you know, say, speak your piece and stand up for yourself and write and record your own album and just... and Make your own money. Make your own money and just do it. Um it, it takes it takes that and this whole album was like written from the perspective of it's got a ton of female empowerment sort of embedded in there and it's not just for women but yeah there's a ton of that even the songs about relationships are about you have the control of whether or not you stay you know you have the control of what what type of relationship it is like you know women are not just being dragged along anymore women yeah. are now able to make choices every step of the way and we are able to be financially independent. I mean, it sounds so old school to say. Cause it's but like, it doesn't, because the truth is, if you look at movies from the 80s and 90s, I mean, really, people, if you were a woman, I forget what movie I was watching, some movie from the 80s, I was like, let me go back and watch the 80s movie. And there's a woman graduated from high school, and they're like, what are you, you, ha- what are you doing? You've got to get married uh-huh. <laughs> and find a man. Why aren't you, f- and she's, she's 21. You're like, why aren't you finding Whoa. a man right now? Are you Insane. kidding me? Maybe. And I think, you know, yeah. Yeah, and I think okay. that, you know, if you want to get married and do that, that's fine. But I think that female, you have to have the choice. Female empowerment is male empowerment. Like, it's not about making men different or less than, you yeah. know. Like, men have had the opportunity for years to be to, to be them full, their full selves and to ex, um, explore their full potential. Women haven't had the opportunity to explore their full potential through education and through you know having the same voice and seeing where that can take them and being in charge of things so we're still figuring it out sometimes yeah. we don't always get it right but um 
that is all that matters is that everyone is on the same playing field in that regard because then everybody really thrives because i think that men and women are so different and they shouldn't be we shouldn't pretend that men and women are the same you know we it's like that's ridiculous oh you just got canceled by saying that by the way i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) whatever album is canceled (laughs) but um anyway but sometimes i think about this this album and i can't believe that some of the songs are mine because cheers to that we're getting are you cheering are you cheering to me getting canceled (laughs) oh my god thanks (laughs) tequila is not my thing but (laughs) yeah but i think about this album and where it came from it it was written over the past year literally Mm -hmm. a year from now is um ago is when we started the whole thing and it's crazy how much i've grown through the process some of the songs that i wrote in the process of it like lady which is the very first song on the album is about being a woman in a male-dominated env- uh, work environment for me i wrote about being a girl in studio sessions with all guys in the room I but it could be it's difficult yeah it's it's definitely weird i think i mean i told you we, about, yeah, we've talked about during that. the process of because me, there's a feeling and and i know we talked about the fact that you felt that as a woman sometimes when you say okay this is how i want to do it there'd be a lot of mansplaining going on. Like, listen, that's cute. But if we boo, 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 and you were like, nah. I felt that way a lot of times in the moment. However, I've, I've changed my tune, not, not to invalidate myself, because I, I think that, that was, it was 100% real, what was happening. But I also take responsibility for the fact that I may have walked into those sessions with an inferiority with complex. With a chip on your shoulder a little bit. No, just an inferiority complex in the studio yeah. because I was a woman because I knew less about whatever I thought I knew less about, which is not true. I've been working in music for a decade, mm-hmm. more than a decade. I know just as much as the next guy, even though he might be the one in front of the computer. Yeah. So, you know, I've it's taken me a minute to to come to get to that. And I don't want to sound, I don't want to ever act like arrogant in the studio. And I don't. I, I've, I've been lucky to work with the people that I work with now, because you know, you gotta work with some people and figure out who's your team, you know? But the people that I have loved working with now, recently, are all incredible. And it's like, all just about making art and music and, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm the one with the name on the album. I have to like it. I have to make those final decisions. That can't, that's not always easy because music is so subjective. So it's like, but at this point I'm really excited to get this thing out because I believe in it and I really really love it and I've worked hard on it but also because creatively I'm like moving on I'm in a different space yeah so you were like let's let's get this locked and loaded and move on to the next thing yeah and that's why I'm like getting it out during COVID people have told me this is not a good time to release an album why not well because you you can't can't tour tour. with it yeah Uh, but but I I think that I don't, I don't have a label that I have to worry about what they think. So I can do what I want. <laughs> and yeah. for me, it's creatively, I got to get it out. Otherwise, I'm going to die. Yeah, that makes totally. sense. I have to move on, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love the album. Time, especially. I love it. Like they have time to listen to albums maybe yeah, now, you know? maybe. I don't know. There's so many different schools of thought. Yeah, on everyone has so many different theories about what to do. Like people are like, well, the podcast space is bad now because people aren't driving. But... Right. I yeah. mean, you know. I listen to podcasts all I the time, walking around. Job, yeah. Yeah. Um, so on that note, I think that's a good segue oh. to go into <gasps> the, music. the album. We should oh. play some music. I'm excited <laughs> about the possibility of uh, of hearing this music. I should put on headphones. Um, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like keep recording. Do do a uh, uh, a visual, so we have a little sort of MTV music video element to this. And uh, do you want? So your first song is going to be what? Uh, let's play Keep It Casual first. Sweet. Keep It Casual. Do you want to, um, 
do any backstory to keep it casual? This I mean, song it sounds is pretty, pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> self-explanatory, baby. <laughs> what does it mean? It's what does it mean? <laughs> a woman singing about keep it casual is it about? I know, right? Your pants. You know or? what? <laughs> I just talked about a female empowerment. Here we go, baby. Keep hey, it well, there you go. Keep it casual. <laughs> because you know what? That's usually that's sort of uh, a top, That's what men say. Hey, like, let's keep it casual. Doesn't right. everybody love a fun song about like keeping that. it casual? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh. what did she say? Huh? <laughs> what, what part of what I said? I'm just tuning this this fancy guitar. Let me see how Oh wait, wait let, before we start, oh, let's, let's, let's tell. So this, wait, guitar, talk about the guitar. this guitar, my, my What's neighbor, guitar? Uh, Mike David from from Canada, uh-huh. who's this interesting. I don't know what how to describe him. He's. A, you ever see Taxi? It's an old ah. sitcom. Jim from Taxi. He's like a burnout. So. Uh, Mike David used to be like a very successful um, financial analyst, and he was had millions of dollars and doing all this stuff. Uh-huh. And he had a little bit of a breakdown. Uh, he'll never listen to this, and if he did, <laughs> fuck it, he knows. Uh, but he, when he was in Canada in 1992, uh-huh. uh, he was dating a girl who had this guitar. And like I say, he was running with a bunch of millionaires. This guitar was donated to Hamilton's. I forget the name of the music shop. Is is a music store in Hamilton? Reggie's or something. Reggie's or something I, music store I, in Hamilton, Canada. I, yeah, I thought. And Slash was on there and on tour with another band, and he just donated this guitar, which is a Les Paul Gibson guitar. Yeah. And we're guessing this is probably around twenty k. Uh, <laughs> That's our running guess. Now. Our running guess is around twenty k. Everyone wants and, to uh, guess. And Luke was just like, fuck, I want to play with this guitar. It's yeah. cool. And, he just uh, kind of showed up and said, hey, <laughs> if I told you this story that I own this guitar, would you play it? It's Slash's old guitar. He donated 1992. It's Slash's birthday. And it's Slash's birthday today. What the this heck? This is insane. What is going on here? This is yeah. actually insane. Uh, I'm going to leave with this and guitar. My by the way, today by the if you steal this guitar, yeah. I will totally be like, I have no idea Are what you happened. Cool with that? Okay. I never met <laughs> that guy. Me, yeah? Yeah, I'll cover you. All he's going to have to do is listen to this public podcast to figure out. <laughs> okay, so the song is called Keeping It Casual. Keep it casual. Keep it casual. Keep it casual. Written, written <laughs> and uh, composed by Olivia Cooper Harris. I had co-writers, but yes. But forget about that. Stop. Okay. Oh, so here's where we can cut and we can, we can just, oh, okay, he's still going. It's live. It's live. Yeah, baby. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. (laughs) What's that from? Fuck it. We'll do it live. That's, that's Bill O'Reilly. Fuck it. We'll do it live. What do you mean to play us off? Keep it. Um, thank you. Hey, you there? You're okay? Wanna play truth or dare? Where you from? I don't care. Maybe it would be a waste. You got such a pretty face. Hey, no fear. You got to I make you feel perfect, don't I? You think I'm addicted to you? Don't try to jump the gun, baby. I'm just having fun. Don't play like you're in love. 
you there Hide and seek, follow me up the stairs Wanna drink, I don't care Baby, do you like this place? Baby, do you want a taste? Stay right there and say a prayer I'll make you feel perfect, don't I? You think I'm a desert to you Don't try to jump the gun Baby, I'm just having fun Don't play like you're in love Unless you wanna break your, break your heart I'm just gonna warn you from the start, yeah It's tempting, I know But I'm unbreakable I wanna keep it I wish I'd heard it in headphones, but I didn't. But it still oh, sounded amazing. You're gonna hear it. And the visual later. with you with the pink uh, little strap over oh, your headphones. I about that. It looks good, man. It's look. it's 2020. You know what I mean? Everything's fluid and everything's What's going on, man. Whatever. Everything's gender neutral, so it's all good. There's no <laughs> stigma for wearing. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're wearing those, man. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's cool. That's my doing, but yeah. you rock them. Men are no <laughs> men are no longer held down by these stupid constructs of pink and blue. He's an evolved indigo child right here. You're making fun of me. Picky up. <laughs> Picky up. Yeah. It's all about that. It's like Theo Vaughn says in stand-up. Like, my cousin said he was gay. I'm like, really? That's it? You got any other tricks? It's 2020. Who cares? Come on, man. Um, We're That free. was incredible. So, uh, Thank you. That was fun. Good I think we just keep really this. Fun. I think we Thanks. keep this cavalcade going. Uh, oh, okay. What's your next song you want to do? I'm going to tune up because it's an old guitar. Tune up, baby. Oh, you tune up? That song, Keep It Casual, that was a single that I already released um, uh-huh. leading up to the album. So it's on Spotify um, Keep It already, Casual on Spotify. Yeah. I, I think that song, and maybe I'm biased because I'm an Olivia Cooper Harris fan, or I call it an AK, OKH fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I think that song could be a huge hit and rallying cry for a bunch of, you know, Shallow bitches. No, I'm just kidding. For, for, no. I, it could knew, be like, I know I'm when jo- you're gearing up for kidding. this, and I, I think knew that, something like, was I coming. I think for women, like, I think that's a great, great song. Like, <laughs> hey, relax. You're not the guys aren't the only people making the rules when it comes to sexual conduct. Tell me about it. I wish I was told that. Totally. You get yeah. it. <laughs> what, with guys, when a woman says, hey, let's keep it casual, guys are like, yeah, you say that now until you get some my D. Yeah, and then they're and like, then you'll be addicted. <laughs> and they're like, no, I still want other D. And they're like, wait, wait a minute, come back, I love you. <laughs> Not me. It's other also kids. a phase, you know? Like, it's a phase that a lot of people go through, and it, it doesn't just. It's called your 20s. Yeah, and it doesn't last forever, and that's cool, too. You know what's so funny? I get, a lot of, <laughs> I get a lot of people sliding into my DMs. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, uh, this is a bit of a segue, but. A lot of people were part of the MGTOW crew, which is men going their own way. Basically, fucking incels, borderline school shooters, uh, are fans of my work 
So if you're your dude and you don't get laid, you might have come across my videos, is my point. Hi. And they go, they go, hey, this girl, like, she dumped me and, like, is talking shit about me and I don't know what to do. And I, I just say to them, and I respond, I'm just like, dude, who gives a fuck? You're out, you're 19 and you're, you're not even going to know her name in four years, dude. Relax. I know it feels like a huge deal. Right. But it really isn't a huge deal until you get in your 40s. <laughs> and then it's fucking cataclysmic oh, when you go through a breakup. Yeah. But it's, it's like, the irony is like when you, when you go through a breakup in your 40s, it's like logistically a bit of an issue. But in your 20s, you feel like it's cataclysmic. Yeah. But it doesn't fucking matter. Like, do whatever the fuck you want. Particularly know, if you're like so intense when you're 19 younger. and, you know. Mm-hmm. Unless mm-hmm. you, I don't know why you haven't answered my email before. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was amazing. So, um, what uh, what's your next song you want to sing? This next one is I actually have a music video coming out for it. Um, I think maybe it's going to come out the same day this podcast comes out. I don't know. We'll, we'll, whenever this podcast comes out, but um, this song is called "Oh Billy" and it's one of my favorite songs on the album. And it's um, just yeah, let's just do it. All right. Yeah, I love it. Oh, Billy, what you do to me, babe? Keep me coming back for more. No, you ain't got no money, but I keep on knocking. At your door Oh, Billy I know you're lying to me When you look at me so true I know it's not the answer But I keep on running back Sweet words got me 
Olivia Cooper Harris and Luca. What's your last name again? Pino. Lico, Luca Pino, who's not Italian for some I'm reason. Not Italian. South Can you American. It? Uh, he's a, a gypsy jazz player. So uh, the the album's coming okay. out when again? August fourth. August fourth, and it is called Juicy. Juicy. Mm-hmm. Everyone, check it out. Where can they find it? Um, you can find it by going to oliviacooperharris.com. Yeah. Slash presave. Um, you can also just go to oliviacooperharris.com, and Cooper is spelled with a K, K-U-P-E-R. And from there, the homepage literally is a link right to the to the music. Yeah. Pre-order, and you can find links to Spotify, everything yeah. right there. And as you can can hear, she is an amazing, amazing singer and an amazing person. She's one of my favorite people in L.A. You know how much I love her. You're one of mine. So um, I can't wait for the album to come out. And everyone who's listened to this, please, please go. Download it. Check it out. She's great. Support live artists and support support save the arts. You know, hashtag save the arts. Yeah. Um, thanks again for coming. And, Thank you uh, for having. Hope to see us. you soon. Signing off from Nashville. Yeah.